Kia ora. Welcome to Rhythms Podcast, a father and son conversation around the daily rhythm of reading the Bible in community, partnering with the Holy Spirit for connection and growth. Hello, and we're back. Good day. Good to be here. <laughs> hey, it's good to have you, Dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we're doing like one of those um, news segments or like Jimmy Fallon. Do you watch Jimmy Fallon, Dad? No, I have no idea who you're talking about. There is a generational gap in the room yeah. right now. Yeah. Perhaps we should also mention uh, who we are for someone who didn't watch the last one. Yes. Yeah. I'm uh, Paul Burton. Yeah. Oh, I'm just took a joke of yeah. um, yeah. I'm Elijah Burton. Yeah. We are both Burtons. <laughs> and there is also our producer, Dan, here. We'd like to mention him because you're not going to hear him, but um, you're going to hear us because of him. Wow. Yep. So if you have any problems with this podcast and you just are concerned with the ideologies that we... Um, <laughs> you can email Dan Estes <laughs> at... <laughs> I don't know your email. It's not going to work. Oh, man. So good. I'm, I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm in the zone. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I said it to get myself in the, in the zone. Mm. So, yeah. So good. This is week two. Um, you may have listened to week one. If you haven't, you, you should go back there. We're going through the book of Ephesians. And we just want to, yeah, I guess, introduce what we're doing, where we're coming from. Mm. We uh, are a part of a church of churches, a community of communities, um, a part of God's faith Fano, mm. And we've got a part of that in Fakatu Nelson. And there, we, we've kind of split from this big program model into a small, slow, simple way of doing mm. church. I think programs can be and are great. And there's a lot of great things and a lot of our church history. But God has called us mm. to this small, slow and simple way uh, as Unite Church. I guess it says a podcast by mm-hmm. Unite. And um, Karen, my wife and myself are the lead pastors there. And we took over from my mum and dad. And so dad was the one before me. And now he's doing freelance faith stuff. Eh? He's in this space. Aren't you dad? We're doing what uh, God puts in front of us. That's right. And gives us the encouragement to be part of, which right now includes this podcast. That's right. Not retired. Not retired. <laughs> not retired. So for those of you who keep saying yeah. that, stop it. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's far more relaxing to be retired than what you're doing, eh? Yeah, it is. Yes, I was uh, on the uh, doing things yesterday from seven thirty to nine thirty. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Wait, seven thirty a.m. to nine thirty. That's right. No, 7 30 to 9.30 p.m. between preps and meetings and people and, and things. So that, that's not the normal day, though. Yeah. And, you know, t- I'll take this mm. little time to say that, yeah, Dad is, um, God's really leading you down this place of being a missionary of prayer and kind of figuring out what that is to be someone who, who leads in thought in the kingdom, who leads in intercession, yep. advocacy. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're looking to frame and help you if you're going, man, that is hitting my heart too and I want to help yeah. support that ministry or that part of the kingdom of God. Mm. We're going to help you do that at some point yeah. and help to support yeah. what. Um, because at this point, you're just doing it as led and living off whatever you can. But um, as God leads <laughs> yep. um, yeah. other people to go, yep, God's calling mm. me to partner with that. We're going <clears> to <throat> we'll make that clear to you in the coming podcast. And this podcast is not for that. And I know okay. I knew that I was going to say that, but I... Just yeah. put that in there. Yeah. So we're talking about Ephesians, and uh, mm-hmm. we're not giving you a, a detailed exposition and trying to unpack everything in it. Yeah. But we are wanting to, to frame it within the, the big story of what God's doing uh, that's revealed through Scripture and, and in Jesus Christ in particular. And we want to bring that down and relate to how does it affect our stories as we live them out day by day and, and just hit some highlights in the because we take quite a scope of Ephesians each we time. Do. We do. And so uh, it just yeah, it's too deep and too rich to try and unpack every detail in these sessions. But we're hoping it helps you to to see the big story of God with greater clarity. Yep. And to know how to make you know bring your own story into God's story. Yep. And that, that's so important for us as believers in Jesus Christ that we're learning to bring our story into God's story. He He doesn't fit us. We fit into Him. And, and uh, that's the way it goes. I love that. That's fantastic. And you can read along. We have these Bible plans on unitechurch.org.nz. You can 
tap into that. I'm sure we can link, put that in our link mm-hmm. of our podcast for you to find that as a church of churches, uh, a group of neighbourhood churches. We um, we go. Th- Sorry, I just had to do something and I got distracted. Um, we go through the Bible every day. We have a di- mm. That's why our podcast is called Rhythms. We have a, da- we have a daily rhythm, a spiritual mm. practice of reading the Bible every day in community. Yes. And yep. trusting the Holy Spirit to do His work. Mm. And so we're not just reading to understand, we're mm. reading to learn, to grow, to for Jesus, His purpose and plan to grow in us. And so that's very, very exciting. Yes, and it's so important, isn't it, to build that rhythm, the practice of just meditating word day, um, daily or yep. on the Word of God, on the Scriptures, yes. because we want to see Jesus every day. We want the Scripture to speak into our life every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not trapped by having to figure it out as we read it. Yeah. Uh, we're yeah. trusting right. our understanding to the Holy Spirit. Uh, we want to be actively thinking, mm-hmm. but we're just want to allow the, the Word of God to just wash through us every day to bring that life that's in God and heaven into our spirit afresh. And that, that's what we do when we read the Bible. That's so and, true. Yeah. It's probably even worth, you know, if you're going for a run or <coughs> gardening, there's only two things I think people are doing when they're doing podcasts, but uh, walking to work, driving to work, whatever it is, and you're listening to this, just take a moment mm. to take a couple of deep breaths, to just allow the Holy Spirit to inhabit your moment, yep. as He yep. so desires to. Yep. Um, choose to tap mm. into Him and just quiet your soul, focus on Jesus, mm. and allow Him to be present. Mm. Awesome. Mm. That's good. good. And if you needed more time than that, you can just pause <laughs> the podcast and yeah. do that and come back. Mm. <laughs> Hey, Dad, let's review last week's passage. Can you, uh, let's, let's kind of sum that up. So Ephesians 1, yeah. 10 to 10, our main theme could be described as from heaven to heart to hand. Okay, yep. Is that? Yep, that, that's what we see. Um, we saw us starting in heaven with this, you know, we are blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So the writer just brings us right in there, seated with Christ in heavenly places, and then begins to unpack how we get there in Christ, and 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 that wonderful prayer in the middle there that that we know we've got some stuff, but he's praying in Ephesians is it one fifteen down mm. that that we would continually have the eyes of our heart open, yes. that we'd be growing and understanding what it is to be alive in Christ. And then, of course, we got into chapter 2 and, and saw how that just comes right down to us as individuals from the, you know, all that God's done in Jesus down to us as those who were dead in transgressions and sins, it says. And yeah. going down in, in verses uh, 2, 1, down to 4, but in 5 and 6, how God in His mercy made us alive in Christ. And I want, to, want us to catch that emphasis mm-hmm. upon being dead. Yes in transgressions and sin under the influence of the evil one who the prince of the powers of the air he called him to actually coming out from that influence and coming alive yep. um, in Christ and, and this is you know one of the things I've found in many years as a believer and, and a pastor is we get stuck between is this right or is this wrong <laughs> um, is this good or is this bad you know, and, and yet the, the contrast I see in the scripture mm-hmm. is this life or is this death is this the life that God has for us in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, or is it not? Is yeah. it something else? Yeah. In which case, it's death. And and so you know, we want to keep that distinction in mind going on. And yeah, and, and that's that's really good. And there was that also that that dialogue on the purpose of Jesus. God makes the purpose quite clear. Yes, there's an invitation. There's kind of like a purpose and a counter purpose, isn't there? So like, there's a the purpose of God, and then the counter purpose is our own way, what we want to do, mm, the, the, mm, the mm. Well, what anti-purpose. And I think what you're referring to is what we saw um, in Ephesians 1.10, mm. and where God says, and I'm going to read it here, that that this purpose, this plan of God in yep. Christ yes. is to bring unity, uh, and I'm reading the NIV, yep. it says to bring unity, if we read it in something like the English Standard Version, it would say to sum things up. Yes. Uh, which is is a clearer translation, but to bring unity means to bring it together as one, Uh to sum things up, everything in heaven and earth in 
Christ or under Christ. Not only under, but in Him. He's the head, so it's under Him, but it's in Him as well. And when we realize that this is the great purpose that God is working towards, mm-hmm. that at the end of this season of time we're in, yes. everything will find its newness, its completion, its purpose, its plan, mm-hmm. its glory in Christ and under Christ, which means the creation, the planet, as well as the people. And so we want to align our purposes, the purpose of our life, with the purpose of God. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're not on the same page and we're working against each other. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's a good place to go into our therefore, because Ephesians 2.11 starts with therefore. Yep. From that place, Paul continues. So, yeah, Paul, Paul the author of mm. the Ephesians, um, but I'm sure Paul the podcaster will also continue uh so i'm gonna read as we do and, uh, and mm. uh, as we like to do we're just going to read through ephesians 2 11 mm. 3 22 it's a lot mm. and we'll just stop yep as as we go along yeah. and and discuss and yet again the hope is that as we do so um from people who uh mm. you know you've spent decades in, in ministry and in the word dad and um i got a, i got a couple under my belt um, and we've we've been around this with people for many, many, many mm. years um, that we're hoping that the Spirit is here and that we can help mm. and that as we share and talk, God mm. would move and the Holy Spirit mm. would kind of go, oh, yeah, this is it, that is it. Mm. We really, really, really want um, <clears throat> to see more and more people grow as apprentices. Yes, yeah. Um, and how we think is how we act. Yes. How we think is how we engage. Yep. How we think shapes our life. Mm, and so thinking is important. It does, yeah. And people forget that. And maybe, yeah, in a world yeah. we... So uh, anyway, all that to say, let's begin. Yep. Ephesians 2 verse 11. In the NIV, that's the version I'm reading. Here we go. Mm. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the the world. Before we continue, should we clarify what... Should we just read the next verse? Yeah, okay, all right. Oh, no, just get it. Okay. Um, What is a covenant of promise? Yeah. Who were they? Yeah. So in some ways I see here that, that, you know, we started in heaven and we started with God's grand plan. Yes. And as we said last week, this letter is not being written to just one small group of people. It's been written to all believers of all time. But initially it was written to yes. a group of believers through an area that, yes. that began in the city of Ephesus at the time and flowed out and through that area. And it's written to some people who the author has not met. And that comes out as we go through it. Uh, and it was written to people who who would fall into that word Gentile uh, by birth. And so the gospel began in Jerusalem amongst those who were descended from Abraham. And they were people who circumcised themselves as a sign, a symbol of being descended from Abraham and staying faithful as a sign of staying faithful to their heritage. We're not going to say too much more about that, but it created a distinction between those who were descended from Abraham, the circumcised, and those who were not descended from Abraham, the uncircumcised. And so that also was seen in the the second part. Those who descended from Abraham had the promises that God gave Abraham resting on them. They were their promises. And and would that be from Genesis 12? When you're saying covenant of the promise, is he essentially saying this promise of from Genesis 12 right through 22. This, this yeah, promise of yeah. covenant, uh, partnership, you know, covenant yep. is a word you like to use, that partnership with God. There's almost like this marriage covenant between God and his people. Yes. Yep. That we see begins with Abraham. Well, it is that because he talks like that with them through the prophets. Yeah. That sort of um, thinking comes into it as a picture. So God had, had called out Abraham and he said, you know, some promises. We don't want to go into detail on those here, but there was these covenant promises there and and then circumcision was a sign you can read more about circumcision and how it worked 
uh, how it worked out for you know the meaning in places like Romans 4 yeah. if you're keen to go do some reading um, and and you can go read Jeremiah 4 as well and you'll find out God doesn't just want the circumcision of the body but of the heart but we don't want to go into too much detail there but to pick up the reality and what he's saying is there was once a separation there was once a small group of people <clears throat> who descended from Abraham, who had these promises from God, who saw themselves as like, you know, a wall around them, <clears throat> and they were separate from all other people. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. So there was the in people and the out people, and the Gentiles were all the people who were outside mm. of that sense of being the citizenship in Israel, the, the people who descended from Abraham. And, and they, the Israelites held on to that. It was a big deal. Mm. It was a big deal to them. We are special. We are different. We are separate. We are God's people. No one else's. And, uh, and so it was a big deal. So he's describing a current reality. And then in verse 13, which we didn't quite read, he brings in the, but now. Yeah. And, and often we find that, you know, sometimes we miss, if we don't understand it, sometimes the Bible is not telling us what God wants. He's actually telling us what is. And, and so we consider the current reality, and then we realize God has a different reality. Uh, we saw that with Abraham, and as I mentioned before, Romans 4, where God has told Abraham he's going to have a son, uh, and he's an old man, and it's going to happen because God said so. It's impossible naturally. His wife has gone through many pores. At least that's what we think from how we read it. And it says, he considered reality, but still considered it possible that God could bring life from death. Remember, we said before, mm -hmm. it's about not is this right or wrong, but he can bring life from death. And as believers, we're not people who hide from reality, who ignore reality, who pretend reality isn't the reality it is. No, it's real. There is a separation. There is people who don't get on. There is people who are hostile to one another. There is a myth and there, there is a reality. But then we come to verse 13, but now in Christ. And he said, now in Christ, there's new possibilities, new ways to do things. Things can now happen that could not happen when it was just you two figuring it out together. Absolutely. This is good for anyone. Like, we get into this a bit deeper. This is talking about where there's people who, we're going to read the word hostility. So you've got a relationship that was once, that's got hostility in it in your life right now. And, and you can acknowledge that reality. Don't pretend. It's less hostile than what it is, less <laughs> difficult, less painful than what it is. But then you sit and listen and say, but now in Christ, I can believe for something different. I can believe for that which is impossible for me and this other person to produce by ourselves. We can believe that God can bring life back to this relationship. Mm -hmm. This is the hope we have in the gospel. Absolutely. So we continue here. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Yeah. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of, mm. of hostility. Is that word you mentioned? Yes. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. And we stop there for a brief moment, pause, and remember that verse we mentioned, Ephesians 1.10, and see that theme continuing. God wants to sum up everything in Christ, a unity in Christ. He's come here. His purpose is to begin with people. Everything means all creation. Um, so, so this is, a you know, for those of us who are, well, we should all be interested in the, um, well-being of our planet. Yep. It's in that verse. God is interested in the well-being of our planet. And he says, but I begin with people. Mm. Uh, and, and so I'm looking to create a new humanity. Uh, a, it's like a new man, one new man, and um, out of in which all people are. Yep. Mm. And it's important also to know, as we were talking about, uh, the separateness <clears throat> of uh, the Israelites, etc., is that God's plan hasn't changed the Israelites lost sight of the fact that they were called to be a missional nation. And so the whole point was that they were supposed yep. to be a nation, not with priests, but of priests yep. for the world. Because yep. the covenant to Abraham was, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make mm. you, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to partner together. <clears throat> 
which is what he wanted to do with Adam and Eve. Yeah. I want to partner. This is the plan that we would partner. Mm. You, you're not tr- choosing to trust me. And he finds Abraham mm. along the journey. Choose to trust me. Let's mm. partner. And in this partnership, we will see the whole world yeah. in that space. And then obviously we see this, this plan come out. So even when we talk about the law being set aside, uh, etc., yeah. And saying you were excluded, but and you were foreigners, and now you are have, have mm. peace in Christ. You're in Christ. That was the whole plan. Yep. God and has this plan that's rolling out that says in Jesus, all people, and we'll see this. And we do see in the Old Testament even these um, people like Rahab, who who yes. were brought into the people of God, came back one of the people who wasn't born of them, and that's and right. comes in, and we see she becomes into the line. And again, Ruth was another one like that. These women, uh, both of them became part of the line of David from which Jesus came. And and so God, we see, you know, we broke that. It wasn't any sense of exclusiveness. There was always, as Elijah was saying, that desire to see all nations impacted Mm. in a positive way, a healthy way, a life-giving way by what was happening in Israel. But it didn't happen as it was meant to. Uh, and, And but it also wasn't the fullness of the plan. That's right. Uh, so if we get down to verse 18, where are we up to? <laughs> yeah, one new man in verse 15. Yeah. Thus making peace. Yep. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity yep. out of the two, thus making peace. Yep. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, mm. by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to Mm. you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father Mm -hmm. by one spirit. You pick up verse 14. We started reading for he himself is our peace. Yeah, I love that. And then verse 17, he came to preach peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. And verse uh, in the middle there. I can't see the verse number, verse 15. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. So peace is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and, and this peace is is not so much the peace of a lack of yeah. strife. Yeah. It's the peace of a harmonious or a, mm. a well-connected union mm. of coming together in a way that we're working together well that yeah. there's no strife there it's not just the lack of strife it is the positive coming together and working together and flowing together being united as one yeah. in christ and so it's a, a really important word and and as any of us know the reality of our society is a lack of peace mm. um, a lack a lot of hostility Yes. And and a lot yes. of the messages we're receiving from our, you know the the world around us and the greater worlds we live in yeah. is increase of hostility, increase of tensions between yeah. people because of yeah. for economic differences, uh, cultural differences, yeah. racial her- differences, yeah. past stories, just an increase of tension, an increase of us and them. Mm. Uh, the you know my people, your people sort of thinking, ins and outs and and a whole lot of stuff going on. And we know Mm -hmm. there's injustices that sowed seeds for these things. And we know those injustices do need um, to be faced up to and and worked out in reality. But these verses are here to give us hope. Yes, yes. And and it's important for us who are believers in Jesus Christ to allow ourselves to hear what is being said. by the Word of God here, that in Christ, in this person, Jesus Christ, every wall of hostility between me as a believer and others has been destroyed. Yes. And and the question for me then is, am I allowing that wall to be destroyed? Or am I still trying to hold it up? Am I agreeing with Christ? Now, I'm not saying like, I, 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 I'm feeling about this, or I know about this. I'm saying I'm starting with what Jesus has done, yep. not with me. 
Yep. And then I want to bring what Jesus has done and make that my reality. Yes. And and I want that to be the where I'm going. I remember years ago uh, when I was reading John 17, 20 to 23 is the key verses where Jesus is praying. And he says, I pray that all who believe in me would be one just as I'm one with the Father. Well, well, that's what this is talking about. No wall of hostility between Jesus and the Father. The total peace between them, functioning together, flowing together, cooperating together, living and doing everything as if they were one, maintaining their uniqueness as who they are. That's a mystery to us, but it's a possibility in Christ. And, and I, and I realised at the time that I built walls between me and other believers. I identified where we thought differently, yeah. where we believed differently, where we practiced differently, mm-hmm. maybe different expressions of how we saw the different ways of seeing gifts expressed. And I was deeply convicted mm-hmm. that here was Jesus tearing down walls and here was me trying to hold them up. Wow. And so I'm praying now that you, you something in you would desire like I did then to say, Jesus, I never want to be building a wall between me and other people that you have died to pull down. I may not understand it. I may not see it clearly, but I don't want to be building walls and barriers and identifying reasons for hostility or offence or just difference that you've died to remove. Yeah, great. And I want my heart to be with you. And this verse gives us hope because it tells me that if there is a wall, between me and another person, yes, it can come down. Mm-hmm. Peace can come in there, and we need to lock, lock, you know, focus in there and and go to places like Romans twelve. I think uh, if we read from verse eighteen down. It says something like, "As far as it depends on you, as one who's come into Christ, he's talking about, be at peace with everyone." <laughs> he didn't say you will always manage to have peace between you and that person. Yes. But as far as it depends on you, have peace. And he goes on to say, bless those who curse you. Yeah. Do good to those who oppose you because your goal is peace. Um, Hebrews, why is it? Because that's what Jesus has died to have with you, mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. So I've received it here. And now that's now what I want to give away. Mm-hmm. I receive it. I give it. Uh, Hebrews 12, uh, I think it's verse 14. Again, it says, be at peace with everyone. And it actually links it to holiness. It makes it critical. This is a critical passage for us to just spend time in and allow the Holy Spirit to grow the reality of it in us that He is our peace. Mm. So how do I get peace with Elijah? Well, it's not hard because we've built a relationship of peace with one another. But if something comes up, we don't think, oh, we've got to sort this out. We go to Jesus. We find something in Him. Then we bring it to each other. He is our peace. He's my resource to have peace with other people. I don't look for it in me. I look for it in Him. And He's the place where He's destroyed the barrier, the dividing Mm -hmm. wall of hostility. I've got to see that in this cross, as He said later on, we reconcile both of them through the cross, Mm -hmm. putting to death their hostility. If I'm hanging on to an offence from me, from someone else to me, I'm hanging on to something that Jesus crossed and Jesus' blood is there to clean away, to wash away. I have set myself in opposition to Jesus Christ when I hang on to an offence. Um, I'm not denying that the offences are real. I'm just saying, I, I want to step above them. I want to live in Christ <clears throat> and, and, and be received from Him and give from Him. That's good. <clears throat> yeah. I, um, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to, to look at that word as well because I think we get... Uh, when we think peace, we can think of lots of different things. I think sometimes <clears throat> the danger is we hear peace and think, uh, mm. we think kindness, we think niceness, <clears throat> uh, particularly what? in the Western world, we get caught in uh, our cultural versions of peace, mm. maybe holiday, maybe peace and quiet. Um, and it's not <clears throat> that it doesn't involve some of those elements, that peace doesn't involve a sense of maybe quietness mm. or sureness or restfulness. Um, but I think one of the definitions, if you look at the um, Greek here, which I don't know if I'm going to say it right, Irene, E-I-R-E-N-E, with a couple of macrons there. But the usage here is a sense of like a commonness, a oneness. Yes. So from the word properly, wholeness. Wholeness is probably one of the better words to use for peace. Yeah. So Jesus brings about wholeness. 
you know, which could be described as when all essential parts are joined together. So God's gift of peace mm. is his gift of wholeness. He himself is our wholeness. <clears throat> he himself is our oneness. He himself is all parts joined together. And to pick up, it's actually not talking about just me feeling peaceful. It's talking about the peace that exists between me and people. That's right. It's, so it's talking about Jesus as a person. Yeah. And he came as a man and he's now seated with God in heaven. It's the peace I have with him. Yeah. There's a peace. It's the in-between thing that's going on between us. That's right. Is now, he says, it's possible for me to have that peace with people who I was once had hostility with. And, and sometimes for us, you know, hostility is a strong word. We could just put in there indifference. I was indifferent to them. And really, from a kingdom of God point of view, indifference and hostility uh, are close because we are not giving them mm. what God has called us to give them, which is our peace. Yeah. And, and so that is a form of hostility uh, in, in a different way. So he came. So this is, this is important. He's saying Jesus came and preached peace to those in Jerusalem who were near to the covenants, near to the history, and also priests to those who were far away, who had no history mm. with the things of God, no history with Abraham, no history with the Word of God. They were brand new to the whole story, but here they received peace. And for through him, we both, and he's saying those, you know, the author's one who descended from Abraham, those of us who descended from Abraham, who grew up with the Word of God and their life, the Ephesians and those around Ephesians had no history with Abraham and the story of Abraham and the people of God and no history with the scriptures. Yeah. And he said, both of us can come to the Father by the one spirit and receive this peace. This is so important for those of us. Uh, yeah. No, 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 what were you going to say? Yeah, those, okay. For those of us, <clears throat> when we think, I got saved because Jesus died for me. And the Spirit made that real, brought that truth to my heart. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, mm -hmm. I came into it and I received this peace. Mm -hmm. Not because of my history, not because of what I understood, not because of any academic knowledge about Scripture, mm -hmm. but because of how I responded to Jesus Christ. And so did the person who heard about him for the first time and made the same response. So I think the invitation <clears throat> you know, to Jesus, if you have a history with him, or whether you don't, like whether you have a history mm. with the church or with God, or whether you don't, Jesus invites us to peace. Yes. We should move on. Yes. Uh, we're very much yeah. at the start, and we've, there, well, is, there is more to read. Yeah. So here we go. Consequently, you who are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. So this is interesting. We've said, we've heard that <coughs> you were foreigners, and now we say you are no longer yeah. foreigners and strangers, but yeah. fellow citizens with yep. God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation mm. of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone. Mm. In him, the whole building is joined together mm. and rises to become mm. a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Yeah. And so consequently would mean we would think, <clears throat> um, so why is that there? Consequently of what? Uh, what yeah, consequence yeah. of what? Yeah. yeah. And, and isn't that one of the important things when we're reading scriptures to understand what is the what's a cause and what's a consequence? Yeah, that is good. Uh, and, and, and to make sure I'm taking responsible for what I'm called to take responsibility for, but also learning to live in the consequences that I'm meant to live in. Um, and, and so, for instance, in some ways, unity yeah. is a consequence. So I'm not okay. responsible to create unity within the body of Christ. Yeah. Uh, I'm called into Christ. Mm -hmm. Consequently, I come into unity with all the other people who have come into Christ. And so I do have a responsibility to, to express that unity, to um, work, work in that unity, but I don't create it. It's not my work. It's not my effort. It's not my achievement. Oh, I achieved unity with someone. And, and so if you're in a place where you know you've got some relationships around you that have had breakdown, um, you, don't, you don't, don't have to achieve unity of that person as a believer, but you go into Christ and you start saying, 
well, in Christ they are my brother or sister. Right now I feel like they're my enemy. But I start to st- I start with Jesus. Mm. I start with what I have in Jesus. Then I start to re- bring that to the relationship, mm. and and I look for Him, what He's doing, okay. and how He sees them, and and that changes me, which then changes how I relate to them. And there's a new consequence. But this consequently is related to us becoming a new, alive person in Jesus Christ. Yeah. You were once dead. But now in the mercy of God, you've become alive in Christ. And this happened because of your faith response to Christ. And so, I think it's even more important yeah. to land that this passage is not a, not actually just saying you have become alive in Christ. It's saying you are now a part yes. of this building yes. being built well, with everyone yeah. else who has responded yeah. to Christ. And But it's important to not land too heavy on the personal and lose the building because a, that's because right. a brick that's by right. itself yep. is pretty useless. <clears throat> that's right. Yeah. You know, except for to you know throw through a window of someone you don't like. Yeah. Um, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we'll never do that. But but a brick put together with another brick, mm. put together with another brick, put together with another brick mm. creates something yep. far bigger than and, the sum of its parts. Right. And, and that actually is the the overall theme. One of the main that's themes right. coming through. Um, from chapter 1 yes. it sort of came up in verse 10 yes. it showed up again at the end of the chapter where, where it told us that Christ is head over everything and all authority for the church which Chief is his body it jumped back and said now individually you've all come out of this place of being uh, far from God and you've come into Christ and come alive and then uh, we get down into the, here and he comes back to this theme of you who were once separate have become one. Uh-huh. And what we want to allow the Holy Spirit to grow in us is the fact that consequently, from coming to know Jesus, I come to know his body. Yes. Coming to know Jesus, I come into his family. Coming to know Jesus, I become one of this part of this one new humanity, this one new man, this this one body of Christ. And can I say, there's mm. something universal about that, and there's something historical, and, and, mm. and it kind of breaks the bounds of what was yep. and is, and we're part of this, mm. we're part of this body of Jesus that goes before yep. um, and goes beyond. <clears throat> mm. But I also want to say, don't. I guess for me, you know, pet peeve uh, as a, as a pastor. Um, and just as a person, really, is that sometimes we do that, and then we lose the fact that all of this is relational. This mm, whole, we're talking about right. peace and wholeness. We're talking yeah. about the body of Christ. Don't don't let the there is a truth that the church is transcendent. Yeah. But there's also the truth that the church is right in front of you. And I always say, don't let like there are people right in front of you who are people yes. God's called you to. Yeah. And I always think you're yeah. not you're probably not listening to the Spirit if you're not in relationship with other believers. Yeah. Because, Most likely. Well, you, you, um, this is meant to be tangible relationship. Tangible. So, uh, you know, like when you're reading yeah. this, think about that person yeah. in your community. This doesn't make sense. Well, you know, this, <coughs> this passage doesn't make sense outside of community, a real community, yeah. a community where you are actually yeah. building trust with real human beings. Um, it involves your, if you're in a family mm-hmm. and they're believers, it involves yeah. those, them people, those People it involves actual people that you sit down and have a coffee with, yep. actual people that you work with or sit mm. with, that you cry with or laugh with. Mm. And so I think one of the challenges I think with the church is when we don't move beyond the shallow, mm. we're actually losing uh, we're losing something, and I think we may find ourselves in disobedience. There's there's that, and, and alongside that, um, or compared to in our culture, there's the tendency to want to filter everything through myself. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, this is about my best life. Yes. It's about me just being me. Okay. It's about my passions. That's this right. is about me. And we want to filter everything through me. Mm-hmm. And we will we will sacrifice relationships um, when they don't serve to what we think is us. Well, you know, that relationship doesn't help me be me, therefore... Oh, moving on. And and this is the opposite. We are reading about the opposite. We are reading about finding ourselves in the one new man, in Christ, not um, coming to that and trying to see how that serves me, but I come into that and I become part of that and somehow then I discover myself more clearly. And if we we read these, look into these verses a bit more, we'll, we'll see some hints, some strong hints to that. And so he's, he talked about how once they weren't 
they were foreigners to Israel, foreigners yes. to God, foreigners yeah. to the people of God, yeah. to the promises in Abraham, and were not citizens. But now he says, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens. Mm-hmm. So, so that also in their world, you know, the, the Roman government at the time, Roman citizenship was huge important. Mm-hmm. If you managed to be a Roman citizen, you were in. Even if you never went to Rome, you were a citizen of Rome and you had like the, you know, the card, the gold card to get you everywhere, almost. And and so they understood this is a big deal. I've become one of the people who have the promises. Yeah. But he then says you're also members, there's a sort of a number of pictures used just to just gives us greater and greater understanding of what's going on here. Mm. You're also members of God's household. This is like this is a the oikos of God, the family of mm. God. It, it it involves relationally mm. being together in a family, different levels of maturity, yes. leaders and followers, parents and children, different tasks. There would have been the economy of the household you would see in here. So a shared economy, working things out together, yeah. um, doing work together, all these things that make up a household that, that probably had a sort of a certain level of being a business unit. And then he also talks about being built on a foundation. So he, he started to move in now the picture of the temple. Mm-hmm. They'd had a temple of stone, but now they are a temple of people, yeah. living stones, as we read in First uh, Peter 2, reading verse 5, yeah. down and a few other places. So, so, and he talked about this, this, I don't want to go too much into this, the foundation of the apostles and prophets, because mm. um, we can get a lot into that. It comes up later on in chapter 4 as well, so we can, if we want to speak more, we can leave it to there. In one way, I've, I've, I've seen that or heard about that when I was younger, it started off as like the apostles uh, give us the New Testament, the prophets give us the Old Testament. So there's a sense of this is the, the Old and the New Testament, but it is a bit more than that as well. And we can get into that. Yeah. We, I want to I move but, forward. But the, the thing there is that with Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone. Yeah. And so. cornerstone is where alignment comes from. Mm-hmm. And so this, there's this new ethnos yeah. of people. Yeah. Uh, that means a new ethnic group uh, in a way. Yeah. And whatever background you come from, when you come and die to what you were before, and that's an, a, it's an, a, a challenging thought, you became alive in Christ mm-hmm. and you became part of this new ethnos. We, we saw earlier on that this idea of um, by setting aside in verse 15 the law mm-hmm. and its commands and the, all the things that were part of the infrastructure of the Israelite nation, some of that just went into the background now that Christ had come. Yeah. And we read, you can read that in Galatians 3, maybe from verse 23 down to at least verse 26. It talks about that. Has now we've come into Christ. We've come out from under the law. Mm-hmm. If we saw all these, these written laws, and, and they're still there. We just changed position. These laws, it says, were given until... Christ came. Yep. So they had a beginning and an end. Moses brought them. They had an until Christ came. Their That's season right. of authority was limited. Uh, now Christ has come. The law is still fulfilled, but it's in a relationship Great. with a person, not the relationship with the law on pages. Uh, but then at the end of that little passage, verse 20, Galatians 3, down to verse 26, it says, now in Christ there is no Jew. There is no Gentile. There is no male. There is no female. There is there is no slave. It says there is no distinctions mm. that stand against being one in Christ. It's fantastic. It doesn't say we aren't those things. Yeah. It's just that those things, the different races, the different cultures, the different uh, you know, male, female, the different standings in society, don't don't stand against, don't fight against our being one in Christ. We start as one. We don't yes. start with our distinctive. That's really good. So mm-hmm. I just want to read that uh, passage before we move to the new one that mm-hmm. says that in him, you two are being built together yeah. to become a dwelling in which yeah. God lives by his spirit. We, we can spend a little bit longer because these verses are, are quite foundational in thinking. Um, so the alignment is Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if you had a, there's two words together in here. And... Uh, built on the foundations with Christ, 
in him the whole building is joined together, mm-hmm. joined together, and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord, and in him you are being built together. They're different words. Mm, and, yeah. and and you get a picture here. So say so you were going to build a building of stone. Uh, we don't do that. And, and I want to emphasize stones, <laughs> do not bricks. Yep. Uh, because bricks we form. Okay. Stones we find. They're, they're just there. That's great. And and so the picture is in, in Peter that Jesus is the living stone and we like living stones are being built together into a spiritual house, a spiritual temple. Yeah. Using the picture of the old as a shadow that now we've got the new in Christ. Yes. So God has chosen stones. We saw that in Ephesians 1. So together we are chosen. Together we are chosen. None of us can say, I'm more chosen than you. Together we are chosen. Together we are chosen. And then and then we're gathered together. <clears throat> what was that line you said about um, stones versus bricks? That was a great well, line. Well, bricks are formed by men. I'll just repeat that again. What was it? Stones just are. They're, they're just, we just find them. They're just there. Bricks are formed. Stones are found. Yeah. So God's looking. We're like, great. We're not formed by men. We are, we are as God chooses us yes. as we are. Yes. And, and then he can form us. Yep. Now, these are living stones. Yep. And, and that means they, they can adjust, but it's inside out change, not, Great. you know, bricks will change from the outside in. But I want to just mention something. So, so you can see God has chosen us together. Yep. We've all got the same choosing. Uh, it takes away from any elitism in the kingdom of God and in the body of Christ and in the church. We've all got the same choosing. Then he gathers us together. So there's a, you go out and find a whole lot of stones and bring them and put them in the same place. So they're all, in a way, together, but they're just a pile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you take those stones and you join them together by building them into a building. So now they are not just a pile of stones together, they're joined together. So this verse, they're joined together. It's, it's only one word. It means you've come, been chosen together, collected together, joined together. So church gatherings or expressions of church isn't about a collection of people in a room. That's only that's only one part of the process. Mm-hmm. But the other part is they've learnt to their lives to be joined together. So how they are living amongst each other yeah. affects each other. They're mm-hmm. literally connected stone to stone to stone. Yeah, now, the amazing right. thing about when they built the Temple of Solomon and they built it out of stone, this is a connected story. Uh, they didn't use any hammers mm-hmm. or tools on the work site. They just put the stones in place. They didn't take a hammer to smash that stone into the right shape so two would fit together. So, so I want you to pick up the idea of the Holy Spirit building us together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with people we once thought we had nothing in common with. Sometimes with people we thought we maybe once had hostility with, building us together and actually joining us so that our lives actually mesh Mm. in a way and it happens by the work of the Spirit, not by someone forcing it. Mm. It's living stones coming together. God doesn't bring a hammer to sort of smack us into shape, Uh, but he does speak into our hearts and we find a way of our lives coming together. So this is the only way the church is going to be the church. This is the only way we're going to be who God's called us to be, this, mm. this built together. Um, so we, we're chosen together, collected together, but joined yeah. together. There's, it's like two pieces of wood being put together to form a, 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 an adjoinery, to form a table or a chair. Their function is only complete when we're, they're together. Yeah. Uh, it, it, we can't ever be who God's called us to be outside of the join together. That's great. Um, and then, of course, you're being built together. Could also mean you're building together. Fantastic. We're bringing about things together. And we can bring that. That kind of comes through in uh, Chapter 4 as well. But I, Yeah, but I'm not there. I've got one more thought on here, which, <laughs> yeah. So it's it trying to go on, but... It doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, there's, it, it's, we can get through the first part of 3 a little bit quicker because it's, it's flowing straight on from this. Listen to this. To become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Malachi 2.15 talks about a husband and wife who have broken faith and how God's not happy with it. Or talks about husbands who have broken faith with their wives, actually. Speaks specific, and God's not happy with it. And he says this, because in that covenant you had was my spirit. Mm. Where was the spirit? In the join. In the join. 
Where's the spirit dwelling? Yes, the spirit has made me alive and he's dwelling in me. Mm. But in this text, I think he's dwelling in the joints. Great. In the relationships we have with other believers. Yeah. What's desperately needed in this world today? Mm. For the testimony of God to be seen mm. in his body, in the body of Christ. Yeah. We read it in verse 7, that God is looking to display his glory through those who have come alive in Christ, mm. who are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Yeah. I'll suggest that maybe he's going to display that glory in how we live together as one with his spirit in the joints, mm. in the joining together, and yeah. how we learn to put aside our hostilities mm. and to let the peace of Christ come into those places, as we read before, yeah. seeing the blood of Jesus do its work and yes. bringing the peace of God into our relationships. Mm. And we start to see testimonies yeah. of reconciled relationships, restored relationships, mm. new relationships, and what you think, man, I never thought I'd be like one with this person, but well, look what God has done between us. Yes, between us. And there's something going on between us, and that's where God's Spirit is at work, and that's where the glory, some of the glory of God, starts to get seen in the body of Christ on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. It's also where the kingdom of God is coming on earth as it is in heaven. I'm hearing that a lot these days in people's prayer, praying for the kingdom of God to come. I wonder if they know what they're praying for, because what they're praying for is this. Uh, and do you think yeah. this is what um, Paul's talking about when he says that his intent was now that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should but, be made yes. known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. In chapter 3, verse... According to his eternal 12. purpose yeah. that he accomplished yep. in Christ Jesus, yep. our Lord, in him, through faith, in him. There's a double in him. You just did a big jump there. We may approach God with freedom yep. and confidence... I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings yep. of you, which are your yep. glory. Yes, I did jump because we are we're going to finish. Um, we're going to finish very soon. Okay, yeah. Well, this verse is so important, isn't it? Then, because if we go from verse chapter one, verse ten, and we saw that the plan and the purpose of God is to sum up all things in Christ. Yes. And and then we come into these verses we've been reading. In uh, a chapter two, this all about you were once separate, you're mm -hmm. now together. You were once hostile to each other, you now have peace. Fantastic. You, you were once, you know, enemies, you now have the Spirit of God dwelling through you. And this is incredible because we've also got to uh, pick up the idea here of the rulers and authorities and heavenly realms because we heard about that in chapter one as well. Mm. Jesus is seated above. Yes. All. These rulers and authorities, we are seated with him above all rulers and authorities. If we want to know where our authority rests as a believer in Jesus Christ, these verses we read in Ephesians yeah. suggest that our authority as a believer in the spiritual realm rests in our unity, our oneness with one another. Wow. Uh, because in Christ. And it also suggests that one of the ways the church of Jesus, the Ecclesia, is having its God-purposed impact or influence mm. on earth in these days is through our unity. It's through our togetherness, our joint togetherness, that how we're learning to live as one in mm -hmm. Christ, to how we're bringing this into our day-to-day mm -hmm. -day living out our faith he says, this is speaking into the heavens. It's speaking to the devils, speaking to the principalities and powers. It's speaking to the authorities. It's speaking into the eternal places. It's it's making a sound that we might not hear of our ears. Yeah. And he said, this seems to be part of how God God's purpose. Yeah. And, and maybe also it's part of what leads to others being able to hear and see uh, Christ. This is a really a really um, important verse mm. to allow your spirit to, to soak into your heart and to, to allow it to shape some of how you think and mm. see because we're also beginning to see all the way through Ephesians from beginning to now that the, what we call, what's called the church here, the ecclesia, and it may, oh, it may not fit all our institutional models of church, but what God's doing through what he calls the church, which is the body of Christ, is 
seems to be the most central part of God's purpose in these days. Everything else seems to flow off this. And so therefore it should have that place in our heart. Yes, absolutely. It's probably good to end there. It's really great, uh, Dad. Probably uh, fitting to end with this prayer. Yeah, Paul prays yeah. Uh, at the end of chapter 3. So I'm just going <clears> to <throat> end with that. Mm. Um, fantastic. It's a good prayer, mm. isn't it? Yep. Here we go. Any final words before I pray this prayer? Well, before you do, just picking up that last verse, I want to mention verse 20 of the prayer. Now uh, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that has worked within us. Let's re- read that in the context of what he's talking about, of the church having this unity, having this togetherness, being this one body of Christ. So when we think it's impossible, we think, yes, it is impossible for us, but it's possible with God. That's right. Yeah. Yes, and he brings it back to love here as well. So the context is the unity of the church in Jesus. It's the unity of believers in Jesus. That's the context, not just anything we want. It's not anything we (laughs) want at all. Which is funny because I think that's interesting because yet again, back to... Last week, it's God's purpose or our purpose. So we align to his purpose or do we have the anti-purpose? Yep. And that's where we have that thought of a, where we talk about these things we die to yep. and these things we live to. So we die to our purpose, yeah. live to God's purpose, and then yeah. rediscover Fantastic. his purpose for us and his purpose. It's a very good purpose. It's a better purpose. It is. It's a better purpose. Yep. People, it's a better purpose. Yep. Brilliant. Well, let's finish with this prayer then. Let's do it. Awesome. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being Mm. rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And amen. And amen. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Rhythms Podcast. Remember, you can find the Bible plan for this week at unitechurch.org.nz. We'd love for you to join us as we practice the daily rhythm of reading the Word and opening our hearts up to the authentic love and person of Jesus Christ. If you want to get a hold of me, you can find me at Elijah at unitechurch.org.nz and Paul at paul at chasingtruth.nz. Aroha nui.